What's going on, everyone? We're back. Desert Apple with Joe and James. We uh, gave you the American League preview last episode. And today we're going to jump just right into the National League. Got a one day till uh, opening day tomorrow night. Um, Nationals, Yankees will be kicking it off. So uh, I got nothing else to say. Let's, without further ado, let's just jump right in. We'll start with the National League East. Atlanta Braves are on the clock. Joe? Yeah. So, uh, Braves, um, NL East winner last season. Um, got a lot of, uh, you know, young talent on that team. Kind of like, a little bit like the Blue Jays, but uh, they got a couple of bigger name players. So, I'd say player to watch easily here is, is going to be Ronald Acuna. Uh, the guy can rake. The guy can field. The guy's going to easily, potentially win MVP for the NL this season. He's got a really, really good chance. Super young. He'll be around for a long, long time. Who knows with the who knows if it's with the Braves. I'm sure he'll get greedy for money in a couple of years. But yeah, that's uh, I think that's the player to watch uh, on the Braves. If you look for a pitcher to, to watch on the Braves, it's going to be Mike Soroka. Um, he had a outstanding year last year. I think uh, had an under three ERA. They lost Julio Tehran. Um, so he's, he's stepping up. He's going to be the ace. Um, look for him to kind of continue that dominance and then potentially get some, uh, some Cy Young votes um, for the season during the 60-game stretch here. Um, and then a uh, rookie prospect to watch, Christian Pesh. Uh, probably the main, probably the main reason that the Braves did not sign Josh Donaldson, because uh, this kid's coming up. Hopefully, he can break the roster for them. Won't be good for the Mets, but uh, it'll be good for them. It's gonna be if that kid, once that kid breaks the roster, you got him and Acuna in there. Uh, that's gonna be one scary lineup uh, with those two kids in there. Austin Riley too. He's yeah, Austin Riley. Yeah, um, but yeah, I have this team potential finish. I mean, they could win the NL East. I have them um, second in the NL East. Probably going to be a wild card team into our division winner. Uh, they did sign Yasiel, however, he got COVID, so I have. There hasn't really been much released on that. Did he get? Did they nullify the contract? I don't know if he ever signed, so I don't know if they're waiting to sign him after it's over, Got it. or but he's technically still a free agent. He can pick and choose any team he wants to go to. But yeah, I think we were talking about earlier, potential for Dietrich maybe to take that spot um, instead of them signing Puig. So. Um, and then uh, just under, uh, just looking at their pitching staff, they do have an extremely young pitching staff. I don't think anyone in there is in their 30s or all in their early to mid to late 20s. Um, and then again, I mentioned uh, Cunha, but you know this the pitching staff could also be pretty scary over the next uh, three to five years. Um, and this season alone, like I said, Soroka, but then they also have uh, Kyle Wright, um, who will be uh, filling in there towards uh, I think towards the more towards the end of the um, rotation. But yeah, uh, that's the that's just my take on the Braves. Uh, you want to go into the the next team? Yeah. So next team that we're gonna highlight are uh, 
unfortunately, the Miami Marlins, who are probably going to be the <laughs> at the basement of the NLEs. Actually, they will be at the basement of the NLEs. Um, you know, unfortunately for this team, they're still rebuilding. Uh, but they're going to be better than last year. I will tell you that. They have a little more... Uh, some more exciting players. They signed a couple free agents. Um, you know, made a trade with the Diamondbacks. Traded away Zach Gallen. Got a nice prospect in Jazz Chisholm. Uh, but the hitter I want to want to talk about here is Jesus Aguilar. Um, they signed him. Actually, they didn't sign it. Well, they did sign him. They got him off waivers from Tampa Bay. And kind of like how I mentioned in the American League preview with the Indians, he needs to find that. Excuse me. When I Jose Ramirez is who I'm referring to with the Indians. Like Jose Ramirez, Jesus Aguilar needs to find that 2018 form. So, and if he can find that, I mean, the, the guy is a hell of a hitter. Um, can hit for average and power. He's, I mean, he's a little more of a power guy, I would say. But, I mean, he can easily hit 270, 280, which is not bad for a guy of his size. Uh, the pitcher I want to highlight was is, uh, Sandy Alcantara. So, he had... Pretty much a tale of two seasons last year. He was an all-star because of his first-half performance, but faltered a little bit in the second half. But their rotation is, uh, I don't think, that great. Caleb Smith was up and down. Jose Urena seems like he has all the stuff, but he just can't put it together. So I think Alcantara is still young enough. He's you know not quite 25 yet that he can continue to improve. But the main piece I think that's missing is prospect Sixto Sanchez, who was the centerpiece of the Real Muto trade. Um, the guy is, he just pounds the strike zone, and I think he's got the ingredients to be probably the best starter they've had since Jose Fernandez, RIP. Um, but yeah, that's about really all I can say about this Marlins team. There, there's not really many guys to follow or really care about. Ison Diaz came up last year. He's one of their top prospects. He looks like he could be pretty promising, but um, a lot of uh, a lot of veterans on this team with, you know, VR, um, Corey Dickerson, you know, Jorge Alfaro is already now going into his uh, second or third season uh, behind the dish, but not much... Uh, going for them. They haven't really drafted well. Um, an interesting stat I found was five out of their top seven prospects have been acquired via the trade. So they need to start drafting a little better. Um, Good job, Jeter. So, so yeah, that's all I got for the Marlins. They're going to be in the basement. Um, hopefully they have some, <laughs> some pieces to contend in a couple years, but not this year. Um, yeah, let's move on. Joe, uh, I think you're going to handle the next team. We got your New York Mets. Yes, 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 the Mets. Um, so I do have the New York Metropolitans. Uh, Predicting them to win the NL East this year by a hair, um, but yeah, really our players to watch. Uh, you know, we have now we have the DH. We have lovely uh, Yoannis uh, Cespedes, 
um, who's been injured, was injured and injured and injured, stepped in a pot, uh, like some type of pothole or something on his farm and twisted his ankle. Who knows how true that story is, but um, he believes on the final year of his four-year deal with the Mets, uh, so contract year, he's somewhat healthy. They told him to run about 80% to first base. Um, he's definitely not going to put up World Series run numbers like he did uh, when, when we traded for him in 2015. Uh, but he can, I think he's going to be a big impact as a DH um, with the DH play in the NL. Uh, so look out for Cespedes. He's going to crush a couple. Um, he might play the field a little, but uh, I could see him uh, definitely playing or in the lineup as DH. I hope he plays the field. I want to see that arm. Yeah. A lot of options for the Mets, though, um, on the bench in the, uh, in the DH position. Um Looking at pitcher to watch, yes, we have uh, Mr. Jacob DeGrom as uh, going for the third Cy Young, but I think the real guy to look at is uh, Marcus Stroman. Uh, he's got, he's on a, he's again, another player on a contract gear. Um, he, he gets the number two spot in the rotation. That's Syndergaard, uh, had his uh, Tommy John, he's out for the year. Um, but can he, the thing is, is, I think he could dominate. I think he could dominate in the NL East. He he pitched uh, well in the when he was in the AL East with the Blue Jays, um, but he's got to face those same teams again uh, with the AL East. So he's kind of familiar uh, with that. Um, the NL East, he had a little. He's been he's struggling a little bit uh, during the summer camp, but I think uh, he'll come around. I mean, he has a he has a pretty nasty uh, tool bag of pitches. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Stroman uh, can do some big things for us this year. Uh, and then our rookie prospect to watch, uh, David Peterson. Uh, I think he has a lot of big potential. We drafted him a few years ago uh, from Oregon. Uh, this dude is, I think he's like 6'6", 240, but I only think he throws about 89 to about 91 miles an hour, which is, uh, I'm not sure if I read that right, but I think it's right. But he has really, really good command of the ball. Um He'll probably be a reliever, so look for him to come up as a reliever if or when someone might go down in the pen. I mean, the Mets always have bullpen problems. Um, and or if someone's, you know, obviously not living up to their potential. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Edwin. You better better pick it up this year, Edwin. No more no more blowing those games in the ninth. Please, please. Um, anyway, to my next point, uh, my, my questions for this team are, can Edwin Diaz, the Mets bullpen, recover from that absolutely devastating 2019? If this guy had saved five or ten more games, the Mets would have made the playoffs. Probably would have trumped the Nationals for even making the playoffs last year. Um, but it is what it is. You blow games. Shit happens. You're the Mets. Um, can Alonzo continue that dominance as uh, in his sophomore year? I know sometimes players do have sophomore slumps. He has 60 games to do it. Um, he'll, he'll hit a couple dingers. Um, and then something that the Mets kind of avoided last year in some some spots, but the injury bug, uh, I think the, I know that's always been an issue for us. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Then we have uh, Mr. Rojas as the uh, coach. We had Beltron for a couple weeks. <laughs> that didn't work out too well though. Um, but yeah, hoping for uh, a good season uh, from the Mets here. Um, ready to be super stressed out over uh, a stupid baseball game, but. Hey, love the team, and let's uh, 
Let's go Mets. I like to look at it as good stress. Yeah. Hopefully, it's good stress. So, moving on. We got the Nationals uh, coming off a World Series, which was absolutely crazy. And I just want to point out that I was at Game 7 in Washington, D.C., watching the game in the stadium, which was absolutely wild. Uh, I'm not one to jump on bandwagons. I'm very much a Phoenix and Arizona sports fan through and through, but I could not help myself in at least that night cheering on the Nationals because no way did I want the Astros winning that World Series. Um, so, yeah, they're coming off a World Series, but I personally think they've, kind of, they've gotten worse. Um, with the, I mean, they got rid of Rendon. Uh, they still have some good pieces. I think, I think they can contend in the East. I think it's honestly a four-team race minus the Marlins. Like, any of those teams could – I could see any of those teams winning. Uh, the, that's going to be a very com- competitive division. Uh, the hitter I'm going to talk about is a guy who just celebrated his 21st birthday in October, uh, Juan Soto. He can, he can finally drink legally. <laughs> so, And he's really accomplished so much for just turning 21. I mean, he's a, was he the World Series MVP? Who? Juan Soto. He won it. No, Howie Kendrick. Was it Howie Kendrick? Well, he's he basically just needs an MVP award of some nature because he's already got a World Series under his belt, and the guy is just crushing the ball ever since he's come up. Um, a lot of Nats fans thought they were going to have him and Harper in the outfield for quite some time, but we saw how that went with Harper going to the Phillies. So Soto, I think, um, has already had a crazy start to his career, and I think he's in that. Uh, Strasburg was the uh, World Series MVP. Strasburg. There you go. Uh, Kendrick was the NLCS right. MVP. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think Soto, I mean, the guy is just, he still has like six or seven years from his prime. He's going to be insane. Uh, you brought up Strasburg as the World Series MVP. I've got him as my pitcher to watch because sometimes when some of these guys get big contracts, their stats go down the drain and Strasburg just signed a seven year, $245 million contract. So money, uh, let's see if he can back up. The however much that equates to per pitch. <laughs> Prospect, I got Carter Keyboom. Um, I guess he can. He technically came up as a shortstop. He's had a cup of coffee already. He played a little bit of last season. I see him maybe filling in at third. Um, really good, from what I hear. Yeah, I mean he needs to throw his or improve his throwing accuracy when it comes to defensive purposes, and I think that's why maybe they've held him out a little. Longer than people might have, might think, but his offense has come along really quickly. So I think you can't keep that bat out of the lineup. And I mean, if he doesn't play third, maybe you'll see Kendrick there. Um, but either way, I guess you could then throw. I mean, now with the DH in the National League, Keyboom seems like a perfect fit, especially if his defense isn't quite up to par. So with that. You know, this offense, like I said, they seem pretty hit or miss. You lost a big name in Rendon. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can ride the coattails of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, who knows? Um, and I think they have some pretty good solid veteran hitters. They're just a little past their prime, unfortunately. Guys like Zimmerman, Cabrera, Kendrick. But uh, this is why we do these previews, because we, we make the guesses, and then 
when the season goes into effect, we'll see what actually happens. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think there'll be a playoff team, but uh, I'd probably project them maybe three or four. They'll yeah. be above the Marlins. So Joe, you can cap off the NL East with the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies. Um, I hate uh, I hate the Phillies, um, but I think their player to watch is uh, JT Real Muto. Um, I believe he's on a lot of, there's like a lot of, uh, there's some pretty big names out there with uh, on contract years this year. I think he's one of them. Um, so he's playing for a, a, probably a very large contract. He's still pretty pretty young, probably the best top two, three catcher in the league. Um, so we'll see how he plays. I He might resign with the Phillies, but I can see him potentially going elsewhere after this season. Um being the Phillies paid Bryce Harper so much damn money, uh, and my next per the next uh, guy Zach Wheeler can he you know you mentioned uh, Strasburg living up to his contract can Wheeler live up to his? Uh, he got a five year one hundred and eighteen million dollar deal. Um, he's I mean he wasn't bad for the Mets he wasn't good for the Mets he was okay I mean he had a sub you know four ERA um, had had some good outings here and there. Um, I feel like he was that guy that was always reaching for the apple, mm-hmm. for the carrot at the end of the string, and just couldn't quite get yeah, there. Like he yeah. saw what he had and the potential he had, but he just never quite got there. Yeah, because he was part of uh, what the Mets had called the big three with him, Matt Harvey, and Noah Syndergaard. Jacob DeGrom was kind of a, just a surprise in that kind of pack there. But yeah, we'll see how Zach Wheeler does. Uh, and then the rookie prospect to watch, Alex Baum, Al- Alec bomb um it'll probably be a surprise if he doesn't make the team at some it doesn't get into the big leagues at some point in 2020 um the dude can flat out hit and then i think having the dh uh gives him that opportunity to potentially get called up even if he's not um to to just see you know that that big league pitching um and then he, he could play the corners of the infield um but like I said, yeah, not. I don't think he's expected to make that opening day roster, but because uh, of the service time considerations and right. stuff. Um, but who knows what can happen, you know, later down the down the road in the season. Uh, I have the Phillies. Uh, you know, you mentioned with the Nationals, third, fourth. You know, they're they're going to be that maybe that team that's flip flop with the Phillies and I mean the Nationals there in that third or fourth position. Um, Bryce Harper. Had a, I mean, if you look at his year on paper, it looks good. He's an OBP guy. Don't yeah. look at that average. Yeah. On base percentage. So that's exactly. And, but my thing is, uh, my question for him is, can he overcome the sadness of his former team winning the World Series? Yeah. That's gotta, that's gotta sting. That's gotta sting. Um, the addition of uh, Didi, uh, and then they uh, hired Joe. Uh, Girardi as their manager, two former Yankees, could make uh, you know it could make that fourth, third or fourth place into a potentially a second place finish if all the cards are played correctly there. Um, and then, much I'm not, sh- I'm not sure where the, where this dude is at. Uh, this is kind of a just a throw out there with the Dougal Herrera. It's a name drop. Um, he was arrested back in like May, back in May 2019. I don't think he's in there. He's not currently in their player pool, according to what I was looking at on Fangraphs. Um, but 
I mean, I know he's on a still, I believe he's still suspended, still needs to serve a few more games, maybe. Um, but I mean, if that guy comes back, he could bring some value, but I do not uh, approve of what he did. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, go Google him. You'll see his mugshot right at the top. Yeah, piece of shit. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my take on the Phillies. Um, like, I think, you know, we only really mentioned one, the Marlins, as one team that is probably going to be the bottom dwellers of the division. The other four teams have somewhat of a chance to potentially win it. Yeah. Um, with, you know, give or take, there's, there is the Braves that, Braves and Mets that might have a little bit of a better shot. But that's my opinion. Yeah, betting odds are definitely on yeah. the, on the Braves and Mets. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, well, let's move on to the NL Central. Central. Let's start off with the Brewers. Uh, you know, the easy pick for hitter to watch is, you know, Christian Yelich, argue, arguably, you know, along with Trout, the, him or Acuna or Trout, one of the best players in baseball. My guy is uh, Keston Hiora, mm. second baseman. Young I think it's, right. yeah, he's young. Um, he had a really good year last year, and I think it's up to him. Lorenzo Cain's getting a little older. I think he still could be okay. He needs to bounce back from a subpar 2019. But I think it's it's now Hiara's turn to be the Robin to Yelich's Batman. Wonder how many uh, web gems Lorenzo Cain will have in 60 yeah. games. <laughs> how many catches will he rob? <laughs> um, or homers, I should say. Yeah. What catches will he rob? <laughs> how many homers will he rob? Um, yeah. My, so my pitcher. For the for the Brewers is Josh Hader, um, lefty. I don't know what you want to call him. He can close, but he's also kind of that seventh eighth guy. I'm kind of I very much think that you should be pitching your best player or your best pitchers when you need them. Don't just save them for oh mm-hmm. we're up by two, oh we're up by three, oh we're up one going into the ninth so we can get the save. Which you know great. I'm not against the save statistic. I'm not also for it i think it's just kind of it's kind of like a win like quality starts to me mean more than a than a win for a pitcher you could be winning a game you could pitch nine innings give up 100 runs but if your team scores 101 you win the game yeah so haters my guy um now that Corey knable knable whatever however you say his name is back um maybe they'll slot him in at the as the closer and hater can go back into that kind of Sixth, seventh, eighth inning role, especially with the uh, rotation that the Brewers will have, will have. Um, you know, they this team lost a lot, but I think they're still going to compete. Um, Ustakis left, um, Aguilar, like I mentioned, he left two years ago. But guys that you thought would have stuck around um, are off the roster now, and you know they're still a, a really good veteran-led team. Uh, brought in guys like Justin Smoke, Abisail Garcia, uh, traded for Omar Narvaez, the catcher from Seattle. Um, so yeah, I think they can still compete. Prospect for me, like I said, they're a very veteran-laden team. So uh, I'm going with Bryce Terang. He's kind of a middle infielder, shortstop, second baseman. Um, not much power. He's more of an extra base hitter kind of guy. A lot of doubles. Maybe could squeak out some triples. Um, but like they say, speed kills. So, you know, that's fine. You, not everyone has to be a home run hitter. Uh, 
not many other prospects I really saw making their team. I mean, they're pretty set in the roster they have. Um, they need Kane to stay healthy and produce, like I had mentioned. He was a little up and down last year. Obviously, injuries played a, a large part in that. Um, and then the last thing I have to say is, uh, you know, other than Brandon Woodruff, I'm not quite sure about their starters. They have yet Hauser and Burns. Uh, they brought over Josh Lindblom, who killed it in the Korean Baseball League last year. You know, we've seen guys like Miles Mikolas and uh, Merrill Kelly come over uh, from the same situations. Um, but the guy, another guy I'm kind of looking at is Freddie Peralta. Uh, he's been in the league a couple years now. He was one of the top prospects. And are you a starter, man? Are you going to be in the bullpen? What's your deal? So, um, so yeah, that's my take on the on the Brewers. Um, definitely think they could make a postseason berth. I mean, these yep. central teams are are kind of like I mean, kind of like the East. There's this, there's a lot of good teams in the central. So, you know, moving on past the Brewers, um, I'll let you take the Cardinals. Yeah. Um... And, you know, like you said, I think the, yeah, the NL Central is going to be <laughs> just as tough as, you know, the NL East. Um, I mean, the Cardinals have a pretty, they have a pretty solid team. Lineups, lineups pretty solid. A lot of, uh, it's a, a really nice mix of um, both veteran players. You know, one of, you know, Goldie, Molina, Fowler, Matt Carpenter, I think is going to be coming back. Um, and then you got some young guys, and, and one of those young guys is, uh, my guy to watch, player to watch, uh, Tommy Edmond. Uh, he debuted in 2019. I think he was a. It was right around uh, beginning, beginning part of June, um, and the Cardinals made the playoffs last year, right? Or didn't they make a run um, towards the end? I think. Yeah, they won the division. Yeah, and I think he was. Uh, I, from what I've read and and saw, I, I mean, I don't sit here and watch Cardinals baseball every day, um, but. Uh, it, it appears that this guy was a great piece to bring up, add to the lineup. He had 99 hits and 326 at-bats last year. Um, he can play multiple positions in the infield and the outfield. So really, really good uh, utility player. Um, think of him as a maybe a Joe McEwing. Um, but yeah, I expect this kid to definitely continue to deepen that lineup because if one player needs a day off, then he can you know, fill in an XYZ position. Um, then the pitcher to watch, Jack Flaherty, um, another young stud, has a below three ERA uh, last year, massive amount of strikeouts. Um, at just 24 years old, he's uh, another pitcher that could be in the mix for the Cy Young uh, in years to come, um, you know, with, with one of who I was mentioned earlier, Mike Soroka. Uh, was another young young stud there, um, and then from a rookie prospect to watch perspective, uh, Dylan Carlson. Uh, he's an outfielder, number seventeen prospect uh, in baseball. He's a switch hitter. Um, from what I've read, he's a switch, uh, well-rounded skill set. Um, and last year, he was only one, he was one of ten minor leaguers minor leaguers to notch at least twenty home runs and twenty plus steals. Um, in his, in the season during the season last year in the minors, um, I predict potentially this team will probably has a good chance of finishing in first. Uh, I mean, you got to keep these veteran players healthy. 
Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing here. Like I was meant, you know, that the lineup's really well rounded. Matt Carpenter is coming back. They got Goldie. They got Molina, who's getting up there. I feel like that that guy's like a Nelson Cruz. He just never ages. Um, and then uh, Dexter Fowler um, is up there as well, but I'm not sure how long he'll last uh, on that team. Um, but yeah, overall great up and down lineup, uh, full of vet, vets and uh, some some young players that uh, could make a, a big impact uh, in 2020. I'll let you keep going with the uh, Cubs. Keep going, yeah. You got the Cubs. I'll take the Pirates after you're done with that. All right, so the Cubs. Um, I'd say the player to watch here is Chris Bryant. He did avoid uh, avoided arbitration earlier this year, so signed on to a one year. One year deal, uh, I think it was like eighteen million or something like that. Um, I think he faces arbitration next season, then becomes a UFA um, at thirty years old. Um, he had a solid twenty nineteen slate, uh, but I think if he wants to play for the the bigger bucks, definitely needs to get those numbers back to the World Series run year in two thousand sixteen. I think he had it is a massive season, um, and from what I've uh, kind of read through the grapevine from what David Ross is saying um, he's going to be the leadoff hitter this year so that should be, uh, interesting. be interesting and then Rizzo I think will be batting right behind him that's what they were saying they they had Rizzo lead off some yeah, yeah. Games he pitched too right didn't he pitch last year too or something? probably yeah um, but yeah what was that 2016 season what was his batting average in 2016? Uh, Bryant, he batted yeah. 292. What was his... Uh, 385 on base. Um, looks like he hit 39 homers and yeah. drove in 102. Yeah, so he scored probably... 121 runs. That was definitely his... Uh, best season. His best season. Well, he won MVP. Yeah. So, hopefully he can uh, get back to that state. For pitcher to watch, uh, Kyle Hendricks. Uh, he's just... He's been a consistent uh, pitcher over his career. Uh, keeping that ERA below... Uh, a four. Um, can he progress in that seventh season? Can he be considered an ace? I don't know. I mean, Cubs don't have very many. They have good pitching, uh, but they're it's kind of aging pitching, like a John Lester, Jake Arrieta. Um, I mean, Ari- Hendricks is in seventh year. Who's it? Who else? Arrieta's on the Phillies. Oh, he is. Yeah. Sorry, not Arrieta. Darvish. Darvish. That's what I meant. You Darvish, he's aging. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's almost thirty, almost thirty-four. Yeah. So uh, they got some, uh, they got some guys uh, getting up there in age. And then for a rookie prospect to watch, uh, good old Nico Horner uh, came up to the big leagues late twenty nineteen. Um, had some had some brief success uh, with the team uh, last season. Um, definitely going to be interesting how he does in twenty twenty and where he's going to kind of and you know whether he'll he'll fit in as the team's uh everyday second baseman um catching uh double plays doing double plays with hobby who's another ultimately another player to watch because that guy is just the glove work is insane he's so fast i've never seen someone tag someone as quick as he does i'm not really sure um i don't know where to expect this team to finish in this division they could finish second they could finish fourth it's, this one's kind of up in the air. They do have a new uh, skipper, David Ross. Um, I think he's equipped to be a pretty good 
can be equipped to be a pretty good MLB manager. He was in yeah. the booth for a couple of uh, seasons after he won the World Series with the Cubs. So, I mean, Joe Girardi was in the booth. So, yeah, I think he has good, uh, some good opportunity there. And then um, they do have a – I was reading they do have a few key players that do come off the books in 2021 and 2022. So, it's we'll see where they're at. They might be selling at the deadline potentially. Could be their last run with the, the household names you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you want to go into the yeah, Pirates? Move on to Pittsburgh, um, the Bucks, the Pirates. Um, this team's kind of gone downhill. Um, they're definitely missing uh, Glassnow, Meadows, and the big one being Garrett Cole. Um, just, you know, four or five years ago, this team looked so young, so promising, and they've kind of traded away a lot of good pieces. One guy they didn't trade away, Josh Bell. Yep. Um, Josh, this is your team now. I think you're going to be slotted around. I mean, you're definitely going to be hitting around the three or four spot. Um, I just can't see him not getting better. This guy seems like a workhorse. He's got power from both sides of the plate. Mm -hmm. He's hit homers into the uh, The river. river. Yeah. Is it Allegheny? I think so. To double check that. Um, But I like him a lot. He's kind of there. They're key to that lineup. I really, I really like their lineup one through four. After that, uh, not so much. Um, I mean, even a guy like like Kevin Newman came up last year. Mm-hmm. U of A bear down. Brian Reynolds looks like he's a solid major leaguer. Adam Frazier. Um, so they have a couple pieces, and they're relatively young, all within 25, 26, 27, maybe 28 years old. Uh, Maybe could be around if they quickly rebuild, but their big downfall is their pitching. Um, I have the pitcher to watch, Mitch Keller, who technically might still be considered a prospect, I think. I don't think he's made enough or pitched enough innings to be out of that prospect tier. Um, but he needs, a, he needs to show why he's a top prospect because he got hammered for like a 70 RA last year, and he needs, he needs to take a step forward. Um and as for prospect, uh, right now they have Colin Moran slotted in at third base, and I'm nah. He's he's an average player to me, and they have a guy in Kebrian Hayes, who is already being considered one of the best defensive prospects. Um, he's quick, he's fast, which is well, I guess in the new age baseball, it almost seems like any position can steal bases now. Mm-hmm. But you know, you think of traditional first and third baseman they're supposed to be power hitters sluggers in the middle of the lineup this guy um his bat's definitely starting to catch up with him uh when it comes to matching up with his defensive metrics but uh this guy has more power to tap into too but i think he's someone who could you know like like we've always like we've been saying throughout both these past two pro- uh, podcasts 60 game season you get out of the gates a little slow give one of these kids a shot or even someone on the bench who you can't afford to have like a ten game, you know, slump. You gotta your season's over if you don't get out of the gate hot. I mean, this it's, it's gonna be a sprint. Um, so like I'd mentioned, they made some bad trades. Uh, <laughs> they traded away Glassnow and Meadows, I think, for Archer, and uh, yeah. their pitching staff is just not good. I'm not a fan of Joe Musgrove. Trevor Williams with the ASU, so I automatically don't like him. Is Archer playing? 
Archer is not. No, I think he... Does he have coronavirus? No. He... What did he have? Thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. So he oh, might be out for a while. Yeah, but... He did not pitch well last year. He's only getting worse, I feel like. I really liked him in Tampa, but he's mm-hmm. only getting worse. Um, last thing I have to say about the Pirates, I'll let you get onto the Reds in about two seconds, was uh, they almost have an entirely homegrown squad on the field, which is actually pretty cool. So oh, yeah. I will give them that. This team, to me, though, I think they're going to be... Bottom, bottom dwellers. Bottom, bottom dwellers of this of the central. But Joe, go ahead. You can go. The, with Reds? the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I think um, the Reds are going to be one of those potential contending NL Central and NL teams uh, in general. They got a lot of good pieces. Uh, they got the vet, uh, who's my player to watch, uh, Joey Votto. Um, really good opportunity for him to get in the playoffs. Um, not sure. I'm not even sure how many times he's been to the playoffs. Hasn't can't be much. Um, but I think the shortened season and uh, gives him a chance to kind of get back. You know, he's a huge, he's a huge player for you know on base percentage. I think he some seasons he's averaged you know 450 or something on OBP, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, last year he was in the threes, so look for him to bounce back, get back in the fours. Uh, this season, get back to where he was around 2017, 2018, um, and then the my my pitcher to watch, uh, Trevor Bauer. Uh, love his trash talking T-shirts about the Astros. Um, yeah, literally trash talking. They hit trash cans. Uh, but you know the Reds traded for him last season. Uh, he just went from one city in Ohio to another. Uh, he looked. He looked horrendous in his in his time with the Reds uh, last year. He had extremely high ERA. You know the Reds ballpark is a hitter's park, um, but I think he I think he bounces back this year. Knows his surroundings now, um, and uh, just this this lineup um, that the Reds have I think is uh, uh, really good. Um, and then uh, my final uh, like my rookie prospect was Nick Lodolo. He's a future starting pitcher for the Reds. Um, could be useful in long relief this season, uh, but kind of look out for that name um, as uh, Nick Lodolo um, could be someone that, that you hear of in the future um, on the Cincinnati Reds. But yeah, I think the the Reds have a um, excellent bullpen. I mean, they have Amir Garrett, uh, Rossiel Iglesias, Michael Lorenzen, who can not only just pitch, but he can play center field. So, um, I think he's in for both his bat. He's kind of kind of like an Otani, but he can't necessarily start games. More of a reliever. Um, they also have Pedro Strope, uh, and then Stevenson's in there, and then their starting pitcher pitching is probably top. I'd say top three in the in baseball. At least their top three starters are with Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. So if Trevor Bauer can live up to the um, hype of that trade. He, like I said, he had a kind of a shitty um, start when he when he joined the team. But yeah, they have some good pieces. Uh, they added Nick Nick uh, Castellanos, Castellanos. They added Mustakis. They got Eugenio Suarez, who hit a ton of home runs last year. Um, they got Nick Senzel. Uh, they got Shogo from Japan. Um, yeah. I could, Expect this team to 
to be on SportsCenter every night, and uh, you're going to hear a lot about the Reds in the next, uh, in next uh, this season and in the future. Um, but yeah, I think we'll uh, now take it to the NL West with the... Yeah, we'll go to the NL West with my Arizona Diamondbacks. Um... Yeah, that's the song they play when they uh, win a game. So hopefully we'll be hearing that song on the television, since obviously no <laughs> fans will be at the games. Um, yeah, we'll start it off with my Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I'm pretty excited. I can't lie, though. Uh, I think it's wild card or bust for the Diamondbacks because we're in the same division as the Dodgers. But yep. hitter I want to talk about is Starling Marte. Um, I was pumped when we traded for him. He had a lot of hardships in the offseason with the passing of his wife, which actually led him to contemplate retirement. Um, so, honestly, I think anything we get out of him this year, you know, I don't even care how what he does. I mean, the fact that he's coming back to play, he's got a couple of kids, I think. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like losing your wife. So the fact that he's gutting this out and, you know, going to give it his all to man center field for us, hats off to you, man. Um, I'm happy that you can join in with Cattell and be that, uh, as Steve Berthume, our play-by-play guy on the radio or on the television, says the Marte Parte. Um, hopefully, going Marte Marte at the top of the lineup will be will be a good thing for this 60-game uh, stretch. Uh, the pitcher I want to talk about, I really wanted to go with Robbie Ray, because like you and I have talked about, Joe, I think. Uh, Contract years are a big thing, and Zach's in a Zach. Excuse me, Robbie's in a contract year. And he grew out the hair. And he grew out the hair. I'm actually going with Zach Gallen. Um, This guy was a huge guy guy in the Miami organization, and was just obliterating you know miners' bats. And we traded Jazz Chisholm for him, Um, and then he continued that in the majors, not only for Miami, but then coming over mid-season in a trade. And just continued, you know, living up to the hype. And I think this kid has, I mean, he's a very low-key guy. And I think he he fits in with our team really well. Um, prospect to watch, Dalton Varsho. Uh, he's coming up as a catcher. We don't necessarily need a catcher because we have Carson Kelly, who had a pretty good season last year, finally getting, you know, first-team reps and not having to split it with Mike Hazen's three-headed catcher that he seems to really enjoy but uh Varsho can play catcher um he can also he's been playing center field I think in triple a maybe double a I know in the minors they had him at center field but the guy he's you know good blend of power and speed um and you know offense is definitely his calling card not defense so I don't know if he'll stick at catcher uh in the long run I think because of his bat he needs to get put at another position especially now again with the dh um, you know, that's a perfect position for him to get his defensive struggles off the, off the field. Um, big thing with the Diamondbacks is, uh, for me, I want to know if Cattell and Eduardo Escobar can replicate those seasons. Maybe not replicate, but I don't want last year to be outliers for those guys. I want 
I want that to be the tip of the iceberg, especially for Cattell. I think he can continue to get better. Eduardo, he's a vet, seasoned veteran, um, but he had 30-plus homers last year, and I hope he can continue to, to put it together. Um, there's a lot of what-ifs with this team. We, you know, Our big signing was Bumgarner. Can he get back to the Bumgarner of old? Everyone says you know you get to be 30, and when you're on the backside of 30, that's when things go start going downhill. Well, you know, like I had mentioned with the Astros, Verlander and Grenke seem to be getting better, so why can't Bumgarner? And then the last thing I want to talk about is uh, I think the 60-game season might be Jake Lamb's last chance. He might put platoon um, at first with Christian Walker. I think it's Christian Walker' job to lose, especially with the, how good of a season he had last year. But I think this is his last uh, his last little audition, um, kind of to stick on the team. So with that, uh, I'd like to say fear the beard and bring in Archie, but that's not the case since the season hasn't started yet. So I'll just I guess I'll just move on and take over for the or handle the Los Angeles Dodgers. Unfortunately, Ugh. so the hitter for me, I mean, <laughs> their team, the yeah. whole team is a the entire team, yeah, it's the entire stacked. lineup. Uh, the guy that I'm going to talk about is Mookie Betts. Um, came over in a big trade, obviously, from Boston. Uh, I thought it would have been really funny had we not had a season this year and he would have just gone right into free agency. Um, but that's kind of my thing now. So we have a 60-game season. Is Mookie going to be one and done? Are they going to resign him? Um, it's going to be easy for him to feed off playing right field when you got Cody Bellinger in center, who's still a kid, and... I mean, that, that, those two together, it's, it's almost not fair. Uh, the pitcher I want to talk about is Walker Bueller. Um, you're the ace now, man. I know you're not getting the opening day nod because you're still trying to ramp up and get back into, uh, into form. Kershaw's taking it over. I think Kershaw's seventh, maybe eighth, seventh, I think. I don't know, seventh or eighth opening day start for Kershaw. But Bueller is definitely the ace of the staff. Kershaw... While he's still really, really good, Bueller's just younger and better. Um, the prospect I wanted, I'm talking about, Gavin Lux, he actually got sent to the taxi squad today, which I thought was kind of odd because um, I don't really see any offensive weaknesses in this kid. Um, he's probably going to probably play second since they have Seager at short. Seager had Tommy John a couple years ago. So I thought that was going to ultimately move Seager to first, but then Muncy came out of nowhere and basically took over that right side of the infield, play, being able to play second and first. But I thought it was kind of odd that Lux got sent down. But anyways, I think this is the Dodgers' division to lose. They're absolutely stacked everywhere you look. I mean, it's not even fair. And, and then, you know, right when you think that positions are going to get weak, they get guys like Will Smith who come up and, you know, top prospect and catcher. Muncie. And, yeah, Muncie guys come out of nowhere. Justin Turner is still, you know, batting third for them and raking. Oh, um, yeah, so, you know, it's honestly, it's World Series or bust, I think, for the Dodgers this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're, the key to that is going to be their bullpen. Um, that's definitely the weakest spot of their team. Even guys like Kenley Jansen, who – you know, has been an all-star year in and year out. He really seems to be the only guy, and even he started faltering a little last year. So if they can overcome those bullpen struggles, uh, well, hell, you might not even need a bullpen if, with the lineup they have. They might just out-hit and out-score everyone. So 
Yeah, that's the Dodgers. I think it's their division, unfortunately. I hate saying it. And one key, uh, one key note, uh, just for a historical purpose, is uh, Clayton Kershaw's 36 uh, strikeouts away from 2,500. No, there you go. So that's uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there. he'll definitely be in the argument for one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's move on, Joe. What's going on out in the Bay Area? <laughs> oh God, uh, this is a uh, this is a tough team to kind of evaluate and uh, just look at. I think a player to watch there is uh, Mike Yastrzemski. Um, you know. He'll be looking to kind of build off that that breakout 2019 season that he had, um, and probably the only outfielder to play every single day, uh, given they have what Hunter Pence out there, who's nearly 38 years old, and um, yeah, that, that team is aging. They they won uh, what 2010, 2012, 2014. 2014. Yeah, um, dynasty. Yeah, but those guys are getting older. Mm-hmm. Belt, Crawford, Posey. Posey's well, Sandoval. Yeah. And po- yeah, Posey's not even Posey's playing. Posey's not playing. Um, I think the pitcher to watch is uh, Jeff Samarja. Uh, started, you know, he started 32 games last season. Finished with, uh, you know, pretty respectable ERA, about 3.5. Um, struck out about 140. Uh, you know, it's a pitching staff that's going to probably have a lot of turnover. Uh, I know, like, Derek Rodriguez had a great rookie season. Didn't really pitch well sophomore season. Who knows if he'll work? I don't even. Uh, who knows if he'll work from bullpen, work as a starting pitcher. Um, but I think Samarja is the one that um, will not be the turnover and will remain that one of those key pieces uh, in that starting rotation for them. Um, and then a rookie prospect to watch, probably not going to make the team uh, this year. He's super, super young. Acuna made the team at, uh, 20, I believe he was 20 years old when Acuna was in there. Soto was around the same age. Um, but Marco Luciano, remember the name, 18 years old. He made the, the player pool. He got invited to the player pool for the Giants. Um, and just a quote from uh, Gabe Kapler, Giants uh, new skipper. As a teenager, driving balls out of this ballpark, making this ballpark look small, and quite frankly, I've known this ballpark a long time, and it's pretty impressive to see how he stacks up with mature major leaguers at this point in his development. So, uh, as from Gabe Kapler, just a quote from him, uh, I think this kid apparently was just hitting some bombs out of, uh, out of is it AT&T Park? Yeah, that's, not a, that's, that's a huge stadium. So... Uh, and from what I've read, he's still kind of he's still kind of lanky, um, so you know, give him a give him a year or two to kind of grow out of that awkward stage, and might be hearing the name Marco Luciano in uh, just a few short years here. Um, and then there's also I didn't want to mention two players here, but Joey Bart, um, he's uh, one of their catching prospects. Not sure if he'll make the team either. They got a couple of guys behind there, but um, he has potential to be a really really good catcher. Um, up there with uh, Adley. Everything I've read too about Joey Bart is that he's like, literally, baby Buster Posey. Yeah. So maybe we'll see another uh, three World Series in six years again. Um, but yeah, I really don't have any notes on this team. I think they're gonna they're gonna suck. They're not good. They're not a good team. Um, uh, maybe some of these key players might get traded at the deadline. Um, 
I don't know. They'll, you think they'll keep Crawford? I mean, he's not a good hitter. No. He's had, I mean, he's had a couple good seasons, but overall, yeah, I don't know. He could he could go to a contender. I mean, he already has a World Series, but he could go to a contender and be like a defensive replacement. In like go the to the seventh Yankees. Yeah. Isn't his brother-in-law Garrett Cole? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. So that sounds right. There might be an opportunity there. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Giants. You want to yeah, I'll hit go the, to the uh, I'll hit the Padres. Pods. So uh, one of the biggest things the Padres did in the offseason was uh, changing their uniforms. They now have the poop and pee colored uniforms. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not really, uh, as you can tell, being a Diamondbacks fan, there's not... I don't really like any of the teams in this division. Um, I respect some of them more than others. Padres, I really don't care about the Padres because they <laughs> haven't been good in a long time. Last time I think the Padres have been good was, at least for me when I think of them, like Tony Gwynn. Uh, I know they had that one year where they seemed to buy every single player, Upton, mm-hmm. guys like that. Um, they had a pitcher. Who did they have? Anyways, I can't think of it, but they haven't been good for a while. Um, I think this team can hit, though. They have a lot of good hitters on this team. One that I want to talk about is Machado, who they got last year in free agency. Uh, You used to be considered one of the best players in baseball, Machado, so show San Diego why they should be excited for you. Um, Him and Tatis on the left side, that could be the best third base shortstop combo in all of baseball. Easily. Are, yeah, I mean, maybe Ramirez and Lindor mm-hmm. could, yeah. could rival them, but I mean, but those guys are also, I know. they're also head cases. Machado is <laughs> a head case. Um, pitcher, I had to go with Chris Paddock. The guy was a rookie last year, I believe. If he had come mm-hmm. up a year before, he didn't really pitch much. I'm pretty sure last year he was a rookie. Um, yeah, he was, because he, uh, he was barking at Alonzo for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, there you go. I'm pretty, yeah, so he didn't come up the year before. Chris Paddock, the, the guy's got stellar stuff. He's definitely going to be their ace, if not their number two, um, down the line in the future, because they have one of, if not the best, pitching prospects in the game, and Mackenzie Gore, who I'll get to in a second. Um, but I think Chris Paddock, right now, he's the ace of the staff. Um, they got Denelson Lamette who I think is pretty solid. Uh, so he forms a nice little one-two punch with Paddock, but other than that, I'm not I'm not that big of a fan of their rotation. Um, but like I said, they have Mackenzie Gore, who's yeah. a lefty, um, and he's lived up to the hype so far from all the numbers I've seen and uh, just even eyeballing him in some videos I've watched online. Uh, he's been kind of just mowing through the minors. Um, he's got a super high floor, too. And I think he, he can be the ace of this staff in a couple of years. Um, so him and, him and Paddock, that, that'll, that'll be a nasty one, too. Nice little lefty-righty, um, almost kind of like a Kershaw-Bueller setup. So unlike the Dodgers, the Padres, I think their biggest strength is their bullpen with guys like Kirby Yates, um, Emilio Pagan, Drew Pomeranz, uh, you know, the list goes on. They have a lot of good arms in the pen. Matt Strom, um, you know, even a guy like Craig Stammen, you know, so they don't necessarily Craig need. Stammen? It's been around forever. Yeah. They don't need their they don't need their starters to go too long. I mean, you have you can get Paddock and Lament Lament to give you some solid innings, 
you can have the rest of your rotation kind of go four or five innings and let the uh, let the bullpen kind of eat up eat up some innings. Um, and like I said, like I said, Tatis and Machado are very emotional players, so they need to they need to be smart. They can sometimes make a lot of errors. Um, they kind of I don't know. They jump to conclusion. I feel like on a, on certain things, and they need to slow down and not be so emotional. Um, and yeah, that's really so. I, I got the Padres finishing in second or third, maybe yeah. flip flopping with the D-backs. Maybe could contend for a wild card spot. Not, not, not thrilled about it. But uh, yeah, I'll let you finish it off with the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, the Mile High City. Um, obviously, the player, in my opinion, player, you know, easily player to watch, Nolan Arenado. Um, I could go many different ways with this, with him or Trevor Story, but. Um, Arenado, a guy that's potential MVP probably every year, signed a huge contract um, last season. Um, he lived up to it, too. He had a, a pretty damn good season last year uh, at the plate. The guy's a defensive uh, wizard. Um, so, yeah, just <laughs> just look for his name to pop up on the bottom line um, every day, on, pretty much every day on ESPN because the guy's going to be doing something. Uh, their pitcher to watch is uh, Jermaine uh, Marquez. Uh, he's their ace. Does have a pretty high ERA, but again, they're playing in Colorado. That that park is ridiculous. Um, huge uh, hitters park there. Um, then the guy I really want to get into um, the prospect rookie to watch, Brendan Rogers. Um, he is the number one player. You know, from what I hear, uh, Rockies fans. Uh, should be keeping a very, very close eye on um, as we enter this new season here. Uh, he was drafted third overall in 2015 on the MLB Amateur Player Draft. Um, he, and yeah, from what I from from what I hear, he possesses speed, power, solid glove, and um, could be a could be a potential five-tool player uh, as as he kind of as he continues to grow into uh, his role with the team. Um, the Rockies probably a fourth place team. Uh, maybe they got a, you know, playing what thirty games at home, uh, in a sixty game season, could benefit them in that hitters ballpark. But then you have the opposing team in there, which that ballpark is going to also benefit that team as well. So, um, yeah, not not very many high expectations of the Rockies, but uh, you know maybe they could be a surprise team here uh, in the near future. All right, well that wraps it up. NL West, I think we're both pretty pretty certain Dodgers will make it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about all we have for you. There, that's our National League preview. Um, if you haven't listened to our American League preview, go give that one a listen. Uh, I think we're both pretty excited. Baseball starts yeah. tomorrow. Yep. And two games on the slate, Yankees-Nats and then Dodgers-Giants. Uh, so you got a, a random matchup and then a pretty big rivalry on ESPN. Um, so yeah, I think that's all we really have for you. Uh, those are both our preview shows. Um, give us about a week to let you know the first week of this 60-game season kind of sink in, and we'll get back to you with uh, – some updates on the start of the season and if any crazy crazy stuff happens um make sure to follow the desert apple on 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Um, anyways, with that, happy opening day. <laughs>